Shalom, I'm Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and welcome to The Chosen People. We're so excited that you're here with us today, and boy, one day I'd just like to uh, see your faces. I know you'd love to see mine, and and you can if you uh, take a look at The Chosen People website, and you can see our faces, and uh, hopefully we'll be shining for Jesus. That is chosenpeople.com forward slash radio. One of the reasons we would love to see one another is because sometimes we are in amateur fruit inspectors. It's not that we're we're kind of looking to trap people, but I find it lovely, just beautiful, wonderful to be able to see the fruit of the Spirit active in the faces and the actions of my brothers and sisters in the Messiah. So today we're going to continue our little chat about the fruit of the Spirit. And we'll be looking at the Greek word Paul uses, pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. And that can go a couple of ways. It can be simply faith, or it can also speak of our faithfulness. God is faithful, and we can be faithful just like God if we walk with him and we allow him to recreate us in his image. But we also need faith. So the gift of faith is one thing, and being faithful is the result of our faith. Now, with me today is Bobby Walter, our co-host, who leads the New York region for Chosen People Ministries, is in charge of our Brooklyn branch, and that one little borough in New York City has the highest concentration of Jewish people in the United States of America. When you walk into Brooklyn, particularly in more religious areas, you just flew to Jerusalem and didn't have to pay the plane fare. You know, and so Bobby leads our ministry there. And Bobby, it takes a lot to have faith to be able to walk with the Lord and do the work in Brooklyn. And I have found you to be a faithful man. So why don't you greet everybody and tell us what's on uh, your heart today? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I appreciate that, Mitch. And uh, I'm really looking forward to continuing this study, this discussion that we've been having about the fruit of the Spirit. The one that we're going to talk about today, like you said, is faithfulness. We want to dig in. We want to go a little bit deeper and try to get a good biblical understanding on what faithfulness is. Absolutely, Bobby. I guess we should start with our favorite, probably, uh, the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. In Exodus chapter 17, verse 12, we read about God's faithful character. And I think that it's really important for us to understand it. So let me just read the passage. But Moses' hands were heavy. Then they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. Thus his hands were steady until the sun set. And that Hebrew word for steady is emunah. Mm. We almost get the word amen from the word uh, emunah. So be it. Yeah. Rock solid. Yeah. Same root word. Same root word. And so when we talk about faithfulness, uh, we're talking really about a quality of God or an essential part of his nature, what we call theologically an attribute of God. Mm -hmm. God is faithful. God cannot be anything other than faithful. On the other hand, we 
pretty easily can be anything but faithful <laughs> at times, you know? And so we need to strive to be faithful like God. And, you know, there, there are a lot, of, a lot to learn about God's character, but I want to just touch on this great need for faithfulness today. Mm-hmm. I believe that our dark and sometimes very broken world, particularly because of the hard times that we've experienced where there's so much change, I like to add a beatitude called uh, blessed be the flexible, you know, because it's it's the only way to really handle what's been going on the last couple right. of years. And just to be clear, that's an unauthorized beatitude, just so we know. That wasn't even King James. It wasn't right. even King Mitch. It was just there. And so we have a fabulous testimony when we just keep our word. The practical way to be faithful is to say what you mean and mean what you say and to do what you say. Mm. And that builds trust. And when people know that we serve the Lord and we in some way claim to reflect his character, then we really need to keep our word because people will learn more about God and about his faithfulness from the way we behave. And so it's wonderful to extol the virtue of God as faithful and forever. But we need to get the point. James said, don't just be hearers of the word, but we need to be doers of the word. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be faithful in what we do and what we say. And that also gives us integrity. And I think that that's part of the testimony, particularly to a Jewish person. Uh, I've heard from many of my own family, you know, like everybody else in this world, sometimes they'll throw out a bad word here and there. And uh, I remember when I first got saved and I realized that they knew I was different when one of my my sisters tossed out a bad word and looked at me and said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean, forgive me for Mm -hmm. using that kind of language. I said, when did I become your censor? You know, I I had no (laughs) idea. They saw my, my faithfulness to God in the way I spoke when I hit my hit my finger with a hammer, you know? Right, and, right. and so we need to be faithful if we're going to be like God, and we need to be faithful in what we do and say if we're going to have a, a good, clear testimony for yeah. Jesus. And, and I would add that there's some real encouragement that we can find in that, because when I hear that statement or when, when our audience hears that statement— Sometimes, you know, that might bring a lot of pressure, like, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not good enough to really not slip up once in a while. But I think we can't lose sight of the fact that in our attempts to be faithful and remain faithful to the Lord, we are not doing it in our own power. This fruit, it's the fruit of the Spirit, of God's Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. He is actively helping us and guiding us and strengthening us so that we can be faithful. That, to me, is just uh, a relief, a relief, because I, I don't want to trust myself to get it right every single time. I need him. I think of the words of, of Jesus in John 15, 5. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Absolutely. And we need grace and the power of the Spirit in order to, to live for him. So many great descriptions of God's faithfulness in the Hebrew Scriptures. Of course, we all love the Psalms. And uh, Psalm 33, verse 4, for the word of the Lord is upright and all his works are done in faithfulness. Mm. Psalm 119, 86, all your commandments are faithful. They have persecuted me with a lie. Help me. Well, we cry out for help because we know God's faithful. And then Psalm 143, verse 1, hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. Answer me in your faithfulness, in your righteousness. 
What that really boils down to is that God is dependable. It's okay, actually, Bobby, to recognize that you're going to struggle to be faithful. We can even struggle just to have faith. Jesus said it's just a a mustard seed, you know, of faith that we need in order to get saved. Mm -hmm. And we can be more faithful, but we can't do it on our own. Exactly right. We have to realize that it's God, by the power of his Holy Spirit working in us, that helps us. Technology has given us an exciting new way to reach the Jewish people with the good news of Jesus like never before. Prior to 2014, we had to rely on billboards, buses, subways, and newspapers to get the word out. But now, with the advances of technology and your partnership, we can reach tens of thousands of Jewish people with a simple click of a button in this exciting digital age. So learn more about our mission and help us continue reaching Jewish people over the internet by going online to chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com radio. Or connect with us over the phone by calling one of our team members at 888-293-7482. Thanks. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. Well, we're about to hear from Mitch, a good friend of ours, Roy Schwartz, who, when he was a young man, he wanted nothing to do with Christians. But then he went on a road trip, and he stopped in Wisconsin, and his life was changed forever. Well, one has to ask the question, what was her name? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to see how a nice Gentile girl who loved Jesus turned the life of a nice Jewish boy who didn't, all around. It's going to be a 180-degree turn. We were pretty well off as a family, and so outwardly I had everything a person could ask for. And yet within my very being, within my very heart, was a restlessness. Uh, I was depressed. I was frustrated. I was looking for peace. Uh, I never had any long-term happiness. I didn't know where happiness could be found. I looked for it all kinds of places. And probably the thing that drove me most to, to uh, distraction, to, to be completely upset, was the lack of justice in this world. I was really upset by that. Uh, that's why I wanted to become a lawyer, was I thought that maybe through law I could bring justice to this world. So I'm traveling cross country to see America come to this small town in Wisconsin. Actually, it wasn't that small. La Crosse, Wisconsin, right on the Mississippi River. I decided I was going to spend the night there, hang out, and make a mighty crossing of the Mississippi River. Jewish kid from New York crossing the Mississippi River. Going to to the city, and there are a lot of bars in this town, and I was asked to jam with this band, playing my harmonica, New Yorker, playing blues harmonica. And there was a girl there, just absolutely beautiful. Blonde hair, blue eyes, uh, a Wisconsin Dairy Queen. That's uh, all I could think of. I mean, she was just beautiful. And moreover, she was fascinated with me. She thought I was great. 
Every story I told, she laughed at. She was just wonderful, um, kind, gracious. And then she introduced me to her friends. They were all Jesus freaks. Jesus. So these Christians started telling me about Jesus. That was the last thing in the world I wanted to hear. I mean, as far as I was concerned, anybody who loved Jesus hated Jews. And I would, I love to argue. I was going to be a lawyer, right? So I came up with every argument why Jesus couldn't possibly be the only way. And with every argument, they'd show me in the Bible there was where this was so and this was so. And finally, I said, you know what? I'm Jewish. I figured that would end the discussion. He said, you're Jewish. Hallelujah. Our Messiah's Jewish. Our Bible's Jewish. If it weren't for the Jewish people, we'd have a Bible or a Messiah. I'd never had a response like that before. So as these guys are sharing, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I was trained in Judaism. I mean, I, I, I knew the, the, the prayers and I mean, I, I was bar mitzvahed in the Orthodox tradition. And yet, here were Gentiles who knew more about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, more about my God than I did. I thought to myself, what are these Gentiles doing with my God? They were on a first-name basis with him, it seemed. And that just confused me. So they said to me, you ask God, the God of Israel, if Jesus isn't the Messiah. I just wanted to get out of the conversation. I had enough of these guys. So I said, okay. And I muttered something under my breath as I was walking out the door. And I figured that would be that. Well, I went from there to uh, continue on my journey cross country. And I just couldn't get that girl out of my mind. A couple of weeks later, I was in California. I, would, I figured, boy, I would find more girls, but there was never anyone like her. I had to go back. So I get to Wisconsin, and I reconnect with Joanne and her friends, and they start sharing with me about the New Testament. And actually, I began reading in the book of Matthew. And as I read Matthew, I was just blown away. It, it begins with, this is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of Abraham, the son of David. The more I read Matthew, the more Jewish it appeared. I mean, I always thought that the New Testament was like, you know, it was just craziness and certainly not related to anything Jewish. And yet, Every page I was reading was Jewish. For the first time, I came to realize that, that Jesus was not Catholic. I had always thought he was Catholic. And as I read this, I, I, I was just amazed. So as I read in Matthew, I saw in Jesus, first of all, that he was Jewish, and he was dealing with injustice. And yet, as horribly he was being 
treated. He was kind, he was gracious, and yet he continued to love. I was blown away by that. I'm looking for answers, I'm looking for life, I'm looking for love. I come to Wisconsin, I come to La Crosse, Wisconsin, and I find the answer to both. And both of them begin with the letter J. Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, Joanne, a beautiful blonde. And now I have both. Since I've come to this relationship with God through Jesus, I've experienced incredible peace, incredible joy. I also have come to understand what life is all about and I'm able to share it with others. And I'm seeing the joy that I have is transferable to others. And I'm seeing other lives changed. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. I hope that you enjoyed that wonderful testimony uh, of the way God used Joanne to turn around the life of this nice Jewish boy from Queens, New York, Roy Schwartz, who has served the Lord faithfully uh, with chosen people and some other Jewish ministries for almost 50 years. Now, sometimes we look for signs of God's faithfulness through the lens of our own standards. And we, de- we try and decide what God's faithfulness should really look like based on our own reasoning. To some, it means getting a promotion. To another, having the perfect marriage or family. And to another, having a wonderful house Or maybe faithfulness means a miraculous healing for you or a loved one or freedom for a child who's struggling with addiction. I know a lot of parents are concerned about these things. And while the Lord does indeed show up in many of these ways, it's not guaranteed that his faithfulness to us will appear in the exact way we would expect. Sometimes his faithfulness is mysterious. The Lord is always faithful to us and to his word and will always accomplish what he desires, and his word will never return empty, Isaiah 55, verse 11. But sometimes his faithfulness is a bit mysterious. And then other times, it's just so blessedly obvious. Bobby, I see God's faithfulness and and the way he's kept his word to be so obvious in the way God has treated Israel and the Jewish people. That's right, Mitch. I mean, Israel, I think it's an understatement to say that Israel has had a challenging history. There have been ups and downs and persecution and great joy and victory, trials and tribulations and all kinds of struggles. But the one constant throughout has been God's faithfulness. And I think it's really important for us as as believers today, as followers of the Jewish Messiah Jesus, uh, Israel's Messiah, uh, it's important for us to uh, recognize that there are still promises that God has made to Israel that are are active, they are pending, they are still in, in effect and in force. God continues to be faithful to Israel. And if you want evidence for this, all you have to do is book a plane ticket and fly to Tel Aviv. We'd love to take you, assuming yeah. Israel is open to having us. <laughs> We're going to be happy to take you. Exactly. Yeah, we have a, a number of ministry tours that that you can join. But when you're there... The way I like to think about it, you're encountering the ancient, 
visiting the sites, the biblical sites that we read about. You're walking where Jesus walked, in the Galilee, in Jerusalem. There's so much biblical history there. But at the same time, you're also encountering the prophetic. You're, you're engaging with Jewish people who are living in the land, Jewish people who have repatriated back to the, the land of promise, the land that God promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they've come from all over the world. Some have been born there. Some come from the United States, some from Argentina, some from Europe, some from Ethiopia. But what you find is for the first time in nearly 2,500 years, you've got a very strong Jewish presence in the land of Israel. And this is significant. I would argue, I'm sure Mitch, you would argue too, this is evidence of God's faithfulness to the Jewish people, his faithfulness to the promises, because this is leading somewhere. In Ezekiel 36, verse 24, Ezekiel said, For I will take you from the nations, gather you from all the lands, and bring you into your own land. Now, at one time, some Jewish people were so desperate to get out of Eastern Europe where they were being persecuted that they thought maybe Uganda was the promised land. <laughs> but there was only one land for the Jewish people. And the boundaries of it are found in Genesis chapter 15. And you could actually see those boundaries and work it out on an ancient map. And you'll see that even with the land Israel has today, we don't have the whole enchilada. And one day when Jesus returns, then uh, Israel will have the land and be at peace. So the return and establishment of the state of Israel uh, more than seven decades ago is just another grand, clear sign of God's faithfulness to his covenants and promises. And brothers and sisters, look at it this way. If he's faithful to the Jewish people, then he'll be faithful to you. And so remember, as the psalmist said, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, they will prosper who love thee. Pray that God, in his way and in his time, will perform all of the promises that he's made to the Jewish people and to us. And because he is faithful, we know he will. You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. If you'd like to learn more about this ministry, let me encourage you to sign up for our monthly newsletter. You'll discover articles about the Jewish roots of Christianity, about our global outreach projects, and also opportunities to support the ministry along with Bible study materials to help you go deeper in your walk. You'll even find a personal letter from Mitch, which to me, that's the best part, <laughs> which uh, addresses the latest news and updates about Israel and beyond. So sign up today by visiting chosenpeople.com radio. And while you're online, be sure to visit our dedicated offer page where you can request your copy of a 52-week devotional-style Bible study that we're giving away called The Portion. And we'll send you this beautiful Bible study book free of charge when you go to chosenpeople.com offer. That's chosenpeople.com offer. Or ask for it when you call us at 888-2-YESHUA, Y-E-S-H-U-A, or 888-293-7482. We would love to hear from you. And we can also tell you a little bit more about our tours to Israel. Right, Bobby? That's right. And if you're in the Boca Raton, Florida area next weekend, be sure to join us for our God's Faithfulness to Israel conference. Our guest speaker will be Michael Rydelnik, and we'll examine whether the church has replaced Israel, if God's blessings to Abraham and the patriarchs are still valid, 
and what the future for Christian support for Israel looks like in these modern days. To learn more about the conference or to register today, just visit us online at chosenpeople.com radio. And right now, let's wrap up our time together with the ironic benediction. So once again, here's Mitch with his good friend, Michael Rydelnik. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha Ya'er Adonai panavalecha v'yichunecha Yisa Adonai panavalecha V'yaseim lecha Shalom May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace.